0: You're listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius audio podcast
1: this morning um, as we get started, I just want to share with you that Pastor Farrell is enjoying some much needed rest and relaxation on a week of vacation so you might just want to pray for he and his family that they would be renewed and refreshed in their time off I also wanted just to share with you um, something that just came to me during worship today and it's out of John chapter six. And, you know, the disciples were having some challenges. They were hearing Jesus say some hard sayings. And people began to leave him. And Jesus turns and he asks them, hey, are you going to leave me too? And Peter, wonderful Peter, who I just love because he always spoke before he thought, and I've been guilty of that more than once. Um, Peter says to him, he says, Lord, who would we go to? You are the one that has the words of life. And I just want to encourage you, if you find yourself here today and life's a little tough and things aren't making sense to you and you're just not sure what to do, can I just encourage you that the Lord would say to you, I have the words of life, seek me, seek me and I will be found. So I hope that encourages somebody today. I um, have a little bit of a confession to make this morning. Uh, and it has to do with our topic. Now, a few of you, your ears just perked up. What'd she do wrong? Um, about, six, about six years ago, I found myself in a season where I was just really wrestling with whether my time at Grace Covenant had come to an end. And I was beginning to look for employment elsewhere and just say, Lord, you know, are you calling me um, someplace else? And I had made an appointment with a very wise mentor and um, wanted to run my thought process by him before stepping out. And we met for lunch one day, and I posed this question to him. I said, I'm trying to figure out if the Lord is calling me out of ministry and moving me back into the marketplace And his response to me was, well, before we can have that conversation, I need to correct you on your question. Your question has a false premise in it. Because, Michelle, you will never be out of ministry. The day that you said yes to the Lord, your ministry began. And it's not about whether you're in full-time ministry. You're always going to be in full-time ministry. The question is, where is God calling you to minister? Is he calling you to minister through full-time church work... Or is God calling you to minister through marketplace activities? And my thought process changed that day. And like many believers, I think well, many Christians, we struggle with what Pastor Farrell talked about last week. We compartmentalize our lives into the sacred and into the secular. But that's not what God would have us do. Our whole life is sacred because wherever we are, we are the carriers of the Holy Spirit. And so wherever we put our foot, God is there and we are representing him and we are reflecting him. It's just that we serve in lots of different capacities and our ministry looks different based on where god has us throughout our day um, this morning we are going to have a panel and i'm going to invite them to come on up and start to take their places we have a panel of various people from our church family who live and work in the marketplace how many of you in here have a career you would say that you have a career now every single hand should be up because every single one of you have a career now not all of you are being paid for your career some of you are volunteering a lot some of you are um, stay-at-home moms working very hard in an unpaid position Um, some of you are in banking or NASCAR or working at Harris Teeter or whatever some of you are getting paid for your careers others of you are not getting paid for your careers but you all have a career some of you are students some of you are just going to the dentist's office or to the gym we all have a career and how we exercise our kingdom assignments in those careers really makes a difference in this world so this morning I want to have our panel introduce themselves and then we're going to ask them some questions that hopefully are going to help you as you approach a new uh, week so Greg you want to start down there
0: Sure. I'm Greg Johnson. I I own a company called Orbital Socket, and for those of you who know what that is, it's not an eyeball company. Um, (laughs) It's actually a marketing firm that my wife and I started uh, about two and a half years ago, and we're located in the uh, UNC Charlotte area, and we work with various companies in the area, helping them do marketing and advertising and various different marketing services.
2: Hi. I'm Joy Burrow, and I worked in corporate and investment banking for about 11 years, and I still do a little contract work, but for the most part at this season in my life, I am a stay-at-home mom. So my marketplace looks a little bit different than these guys. Um, But if you're a fellow stay-at-home mom or dad, or if you're retired, don't write this morning off because it still applies to you and you still have a marketplace. My marketplace is the grocery store, the gym, my kids' school, my neighborhood, the doctor's office. It's everywhere that I'm in and out of on a daily basis.
3: Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I am a professional coffee and donut consumer. For those of you that don't know what that is, I am a police officer. I work for a local (laughs) police department.
4: Um, I love it—a police officer with a sense of humor. That's really good. I was just thinking that's that's a tough act to follow. Um, my name is Hannah Bell. My husband and I own Bell and Bell Law Firm in Huntersville, and I'm a Christian and a divorce attorney. So that's a little bit of an oxymoron, right?
1: Okay, so, which we are so thrilled that there are Christians in the legal profession and in judgeships in our city. Amen? Um, so let me share with you this first question, and, I, and I'm going to um, actually, Joy, if you'll start um, to answer this, and then I'm going to give all of you a chance to do it. Um, David, whose best-known career was as a king, ask God in Psalm 67, 8, send us into the world with the news of your saving power and your eternal plan for all mankind. I would love for each one of you to share how you weave your faith into marketplace conversations. So maybe Joy, then
2: Patrick, Greg, and Hannah. I think there are so many people that are hurting around us. And I think that a lot of times my conversations about faith Start with encouraging someone who is going through a struggle or a trial. Um, a couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine at the gym um, is going through a separation, who um, and she did not, she does not want to be going through the separation. And I just told her that I was praying for her, and then I was really praying for her husband. And um, a few hours later, I got a text from her, and she asked me, Joy, can you teach me how I can pray for my husband? And I thought just um, the Lord gave me an opportunity to share my faith at a deeper level just by telling her that I was praying for her. And I think um, I pray for myself, and I've prayed this for my kids since before they were born, that we would have such a love and a compassion for people. And I think every day we have a conscious choice to make whether or not we're just going to put on our blinders and just get our daily tasks done or if we're going to be available to um, be used in the opportunities that God puts in our path. Patrick?
3: Let's be honest. People typically don't call the police to say, hey officer, how's it going? Just (laughs) want to say, hey, you know, hope you're doing well today. No, they typically call the police when they're a victim of a crime or some type of crime has occurred. So I see the effects of sins firsthand every single day that I go to work, and one thing that I am convinced of is that the world's problems is not, you know, the answer is not social uh, issues, it's Jesus.
4: Uh, For me, the way that I weave my faith in the marketplace is really through relationships. It's really, um, I'm sure most of you are aware, lawyers don't have the best reputation. We're kind of known for being self-centered, egotistical, things of that sort. And so what I do is I really try and make a difference by reaching out to people and caring for people, whether it be the clerks in the courthouse, um, other attorneys, and obviously my clients, taking the time to listen to people, because if you build those relationships, because then those people will come to you in their times of need and they'll say, can you please, you know, talk to me about this or my child's sick and that's the opportunity that you want because then they're going to listen to you when you speak into their lives instead of just trying to say, hey, I'm Christian, that's all I've got. Well, Let's actually show people what we believe.
0: And I agree with that, Hannah. I, re- I remember actually a story um, when I first rededicated my life to the Lord and was working in a- another company in a corporate context and... Um, I was so on fire for God. And so, you know, basically whenever my co-workers or the people or friends with me at work would you know when I would come around them, I would just like beat them over the head with the gospel. And so I was that guy that you would be running from at work. And I would I would find people I'd hide behind corners and I'd step out on them and give them a Bible verse. And um, So needless to say that wasn't a very good strategy for reaching people for Christ. But like Hannah's saying, I think it's really about uh, relationships, And for me, at the core of those relationships is servant leadership. So as a leader of a company, trying to serve people. And I think when you show compassion and you really show people that you care about them, it opens up opportunities for you to then um, minister to them. And what I have also found is that every single day, there's always an opportunity to share God's love. And it's up to me really to be intentional about whether I'm going to take advantage of that opportunity or not. But God presents the opportunities, I think, and what opens the door to make that a real opportunity is through relationship.
1: Awesome. So what I'm hearing you guys say is it's not about the um, fish bumper sticker or the Christian calendar on the desk. It's about how we interact with people all day long um, that we can really weave our faith into our workplace. Um, Hannah and Greg, both of you work in very demanding professions, marketing and advertising, um, the law, and um, As it's been mentioned here, Joy was saying, talking about seizing divine opportunities and seeing those divine appointments. So let me ask you, how do you keep in in the midst of all the pressures that you face, deadlines, clients, frustrated clients, how do you manage to keep your your faith fresh and your zeal for the Lord strong so that in the midst of all those pressures, you can seize and see God opportunities in the day?
4: Well, for me, it's really how I view what I do. Uh, My husband and I, we went to a Christian law school called Regent University. And the motto of the school is, law is not just our profession, but it's our calling. And that really makes all the difference for me is this isn't just a job that I do. I've been called to do this since the beginning of time, to be there for people, to be the voice, to advocate for people who are hurting and struggling through one of the most difficult stages that people often find themselves in. And, you know, sometimes, obviously, it gets hard, and I don't want to do it anymore. But it reminds me of Matthew 11:28, and it says, you know, all who are wary and burdensome, come to me, and I will give you rest. And so that's what I do. I just have to surrender to the Lord and say, God, I can't do this. I don't have the tools. But you know what? He does, and he always provides.
0: Similarly, I think in Romans 12.1, it says that we are to present our bodies a living sacrifice. And I think for me it is about surrendering as well. I think it is about starting my day off and being very intentional about praying and seeking God and giving my day to him. Um, Because in my own power and strength, I might be effective at business, but I would probably miss the opportunity to be effective for the kingdom. So it is critically important, you know, for me to to level set my day, to start it off with God, uh, to give him the day, to ask for his help to to get through it all, but also to, to help to recognize um, how I'm going to be able to glorify him through that day. And then throughout the course of the day, to also to remember to pray. Like, I don't think it's just, a, you know, you pray in the morning and, you know, you're you sort of, you know, you're over with that part. I believe you have to be mindful of, you know, God throughout the course of the day. I, at least I do, because work is intense and there are challenges and, and business is challenging. And so it's just making sure that I'm spending that time throughout the course of the day being mindful of, of God's presence in my life.
1: I remember a little over a year ago, Greg, you um, spoke a message here, and I believe the title of the message was Calibration, and you really encouraged us that throughout the day, just like tires on a car, the air pressure and all changes, that all throughout the day we have to recalibrate ourselves. Um, and reconnect with the Lord because the world is constantly pulling us to their way of of doing things. That was really a great word. Um, Rick Warren in the book, Purpose Driven Life, he says that um, we will either fall into one of two categories. We will either be a world-class Christian or a worldly Christian. And a worldly Christian is someone who, God's doing everything for them. It's a very self-centered, my faith is for me. But a world-class Christian is someone who sees their life as a kingdom assignment. And they're very cognizant that they're taking God wherever they go, and that God has a purpose um, uh, for them, no matter what environment that they're in. So given the environments that you find yourself in on a daily basis, um, how do you live as a world-class Christian? What are the guiding principles? that you have adopted uh, that allow you to live out your faith in whatever context you find yourself in. Patrick, what are, what are those guiding principles for you as a world-class Christian?
3: Guiding principles is to love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my strength, and with all my soul. Um, and to do unto others is how I would have them do unto me. And how that is applied to my job is when I interact with the public I, I always have to ask myself in the back of my mind, how would I want a police officer to interact with my family member, my relative, a friend, et cetera? And, of course, the answer to that is with respect, with honor, with, with dignity. Um, an example of how that oftentimes times is applied for me as an officer is when I arrest somebody. I mean, it's a a point where, you know, as much as I don't like to arrest, occasionally it does happen. And we are required to transport them down to Charlotte. Now, how many people know that when you arrest somebody up here in Lake Norman, it's a long (laughs) drive down to Charlotte, especially when they're working construction on I-77? So one of the things that I always try to do, uh, just because I always found it was made for a smoother ride, is ask the individual, hey, is there any particular kind of music you like? And if they liked country, I'd put on country. If they liked R&B, I'd put on R&B. But they said, hey, officer, I don't really mind. Put on whatever you want. Oftentimes I'd put on some of the Christian music stations. So we'd be jamming as we are heading down to Charlotte. And I found that oftentimes in that moment of brokenness, I was able to get through to individuals and we were able to talk about spiritual things and we were able to talk about how they did need and still do need Jesus in their lives.
1: Cool. I love it. I love knowing that there's a police officer that goes to Grace Covenant that says we be jamming on our way down to Charlotte.
3: That's not gonna get you out of the ticket though. <laughs> Just kidding.
1: Oh
2: how about you, Joy? How do you what are what's a guiding principle for you? My guiding principles are based on First Thessalonians 5.17 that says pray continually. I pray every day that the Lord would give me a boldness and a confidence to be obedient to what he's called me to do. And I want to listen to the Holy Spirit and be so sensitive to hear from him when, when he has an opportunity for me. And I want to be bold in living out my faith. And I feel like the Lord's given me a lot of opportunities to be bold uh, many years ago, I feel like the Lord gave me an idea to do um, personalized scripture verses. Um, so it's just a list of verses that I have, and I um, put people's names in them, and I just put them in a little box. And as the Lord's laid people on my heart, I've given given that to them. And um, one day, several weeks ago, I had a lab appointment to go to, and I always call first to make sure that the doctor sent my lab order. And I called, and I spoke to a lady named Felicia, and she said, yes, the order's in. And I said, great. I hung up the phone, and immediately I felt so strongly that the Holy Spirit said, Joy, you need to make a verse box for Felicia. And I thought, I do not want to make a verse box for Felicia. I don't even know who she is. She'll think I'm crazy. I don't even know how to spell her name. And at that point, I had just this image in my mind, and I I just saw the spelling of Felicia, F-E-L-I-C-I-A. And so I said, okay, I'm going to do this. So I did it, and on my drive to the lab, I told the Lord that if I got there and that was not how she spelled her name, I was not going to give her this verse box. (laughs) But I, I walked in, and I walked up to the counter, and there was a man in front of me, and he was arguing with the receptionist. And I looked past the receptionist at the lady that was sitting Um, Or past the man at the receptionist and and there was this lady sitting there and she just had this defeated look on her face and I looked at her name tag and it said Felicia and it was spelled exactly the way that I had spelled it and I knew that that she was my girl and I just did not feel like at that point I was supposed to give it to her so I sat down after I signed in and I just prayed Lord show me what I'm supposed to do when I'm supposed to give this to her. A minute later they called my name. I walked in to get my, my labs drawn, and the lady that was drawing my blood was Felicia. And so after she did that, I said, Felicia, I said, I know this sounds crazy, but I have a gift for you. I said, the Lord told me to give you this gift, and I gave her this verse box and she opened it up and she just started weeping and she said i have felt like god has not heard me at all and she said now i know that he has heard me and the lord just confirmed in my spirit yes you did just the right thing and i realized that we are given opportunities every day and we have a choice to choose to respond in obedience to those opportunities or to miss them great hannah um I'm sure, that's a great story, isn't it?
1: (laughs) Hannah, I'm sure that other attorneys experience this, you probably never have, Um, but I've heard that in the legal profession sometimes people are encouraged to blur the lines a little bit um, and that integrity can be compromised in doing deals and stuff like that. What? what is a guiding principle for you when it comes to the issue of integrity? Because I think that's one of the areas where we as Christians should really stand out. Um, How do you hold your integrity ground without sounding preachy or condemning
4: to the people who are asking you to blur the lines a bit? Well, as a divorce attorney, um, I'm asked this every single day. Um, as far as blurring the lines, uh, because I deal with people who have found themselves in a place where they're hurting and they're broken. And oftentimes, when you find yourself in a place like that, you say things that hopefully you don't really mean. And so what I do is I really seize those opportunities to speak grace and love into people's lives. So when they say, hey, I need you to destroy my spouse, I say, well, you know, let's, let's think about this for a minute. And, you know, I'm there to, to again, to, to show them grace and to say, hey, listen, as an attorney, I'm held to an ethical standard, so I can't destroy your spouse. But more importantly, I'm held to even higher standard because I serve Jesus Christ. So let's kind of talk about what that looks like and just to be there for people, to, uh, to advocate for them, obviously as a strong advocate, but just to let them know there's certain things that I just can't do.
1: Awesome. Yeah, Jesus is our boss. Right. And bottom line, that's really the word says work unto the Lord. So no matter what situation we find ourselves in, we're always he's always the CEO of our lives. Um, That's who we're ultimately answerable to. Greg, I know you have you have people who work for you. Um, And in March of this year, CBS News reported a study that showed that two-thirds of Americans, two-thirds of Americans are unsatisfied with their work and that 51% felt absolutely no connection to their job and therefore they would only do the bare minimum in their position. And I think the fact that Monday mornings, um, one-third... Of all sick days fall on Monday mornings support the fact that two-thirds of Americans are unsatisfied in their jobs so if you're thinking about not going to work tomorrow um, <laughs> listen to this answer um, what as a, as a Christian business owner as a man of God in the marketplace what encouragement or what perspective would you give to people who feel like they're just enduring their job, like they're they're really dreading getting up tomorrow morning and going to work? What encouragement would you have for them or just an outlook?
0: Um, I think, you know, f- for me and, and for all of us, when we say yes to Christ, um, I call it like the great exchange because You know, we give him all of our stuff, our junk, our sins, our shame, all the stuff that has been hurtful. We get to give it all to him, and he gets to give us life, which is filled with hope and possibilities and dreams and things that I never thought I would see or do. Um, And even though there are realities within that that are harsh and hard, um, I think it is this wonderful, amazing, great exchange. So I, I feel like it is a privilege for us to be called into the marketplace as ministers all over the city, Um, To be able to represent God every single day. And I think our starting point has to be that I am a minister of God. I'm I'm here to represent him in my workplace, in my gym, in my community. Uh, And if I can get a, a grasp and a glimpse of what it means to be a servant unto the Lord every day in the context that he has called me to. That this isn't about a job, but he has called me to this place to be in the in the midst of whatever is going on. Um, you know, one of the things that I found myself throughout my career, it seems like every time I would get a job, it would be like this amazing position or you know whatever company, but there will always be this enormous challenge. Somebody would be, the partners would be breaking up, or they were getting sued, or there would always be something that would be happening. And I said to my wife one day, you know, why does it seem like I always get put in these situations? And she said to me, it's because God wants you to be light in those situations. He wants you to come in mm-hmm. and bring the light of life into those hard situations. And when I have that perspective, All that is hard and tough and difficult becomes significantly more bearable. So I think it's our starting point. We have to start with the fact that God has called us to this place, and it is an absolute privilege to be able to represent the King of kings and the Lord of lords every day in that job, no matter how difficult the boss is, no matter how hard business is, no matter how tough the situation is, um, that that God's got our back and he's with us.
1: Wow, that's great. That is great. I, I need to listen to that on our tape recorder some mornings. That's really good. Um, yeah. So we're going to kind of wrap this panel up in a, in a little bit of an a unusual way, and we are going to pray for you. We're going to pray for different people that are in, the, in our congregation. Hannah is actually going to word a prayer to pray for the people who are struggling in their, in their job. Um, those of you who are not looking forward to tomorrow morning to help apply some of the principles and attitudes that Greg mentioned. Um, Joy is going to pray for those who are in the marketplace a lot but not receiving a paycheck, that you would be able to discern um, those God opportunities to affect a person's life in the grocery store, at the dentist's office, at the gym. Patrick is going to pray for those that are in the service industries, such as police first responders, teachers, um, retail workers, people like that. And then um, Joy is going to pray for those. I'm sorry, I did Joy. Um, Greg is going to pray for entrepreneurs and business owners That as you are developing your business, that you will leverage your business for the kingdom of God and that you will see your role as um, a person who is to impact your employees and those that you work with for the kingdom of God. So Hannah, we're going to let you start off and then each
4: one of you just go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for everyone in this room this morning. And Lord Jesus, I just lift up those individuals who are just struggling uh, with finding their calling and their job. And I just pray for their hearts, Jesus, right now, Father God, that you would just strengthen and just encourage them, Father God, just to complete the race that you've called them to co- to complete. Yes.
3: Heavenly Father, we come before you today in prayer. We pray for those that are in the service industry, especially those that feel that they're overworked and underpaid. I want to remind you that there is purpose and there is a reason for you having that position. Yes,
2: Lord. And Lord, I just pray for those in the marketplace that don't receive a paycheck. Lord, just give us a fresh new perspective that you desire to use us. And Lord, I pray for boldness and for confidence. I pray, Lord, that you'll give us an overwhelming love for people. And Lord, I just pray that we will be so sensitive to discern the opportunities that you've placed before us to be used by you and that we'll be so quick to respond in obedience.
0: Father, thank you so much for the dreams and the visions that you've given many of us in this room today to begin new adventures that take on the form of companies. And um, God, there are challenges that come with that. There are difficulties that come with that. But today, I just pray for every every owner of a business in here today that you would give them hope and courage and strength to not just survive but to thrive and that means to do it in a way that honors you God that that you've called us to this place to be a platform for life-giving ministry to happen for us to be servant leaders and to show your love each and every day and help us to keep that as our priority and keep it at the forefront in a way that others will come to know you we thank you for this time this morning we thank you for your mighty blessings in each and every one of our lives. In your Son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
1: Would you join me in thanking these folks for speaking with us this morning? Isn't it great? It's so much fun to hear different perspectives on things and hear how different people approach things. As we close the service this morning, I just want to share a short story with you. A couple of uh, weeks ago, my husband and I had the privilege of going on a vacation and um, we had a really early flight out of the Charlotte airport, uh, which meant we had to get up very, very early and, um, you know, did the whole security line thing and um, needed to go to the ladies room and there was a real a long line, breakfast coffee line, um, at the ladies room. And I have to admit, I was like looking forward to vacation, but I was a little tired and had been harassed that morning. And as I entered into the ladies room, just in, just inside the door, still in a line, I heard this voice in a, in a delightful accent, this kind of this booming voice. And this lady was just, the lady attendant in the room was saying, have a blessed and beautiful day, honey. Have a blessed and beautiful day, darling. Have a blessed and beautiful day, sweet lady. Have a blessed and beautiful day. I mean, I heard this like 40 times by the time I got to her. Well, by the time I got to her, I was having a blessed and beautiful day. And I said to her, and you have a blessed and beautiful day. And she's like, I will, honey. You know. And I share that story because that lady had a job that I personally would not want to have. Um, an attendant in a ladies' room at Charlotte Douglas Airport. But this is what I know. She saw, she had a vision of her mission being much greater than an attendant in the ladies' restroom at the airport. She was approaching her marketplace position as one to give joy and to speak words of life and the whole environment in that lady's room changed as she was saying over and over again have a blessed and beautiful day have a blessed and beautiful day and you know as those of us in the marketplace whether you're in the marketplace earning a paycheck or you're in the marketplace earning a paycheck. You can reflect the love of Jesus in very simple ways. It can be as simple as telling somebody, have a blessed and beautiful day. It can be as simple as good morning. It can be as simple as recognizing the countenance in their body language and asking if you can pray for them. It doesn't mean that being a minister in the marketplace doesn't mean that we have to give people the whole, you know, we got to pass out tracts and, and explain the whole pathway to the cross. It just means we begin to have a relationship with them and we live out a life in front of them that honors God and reflects what Jesus has done for us. And as they are attracted to the light of Christ within us, then we can show them the way to know Jesus the way that we know them it's simple it's not complicated and the world needs you to do it whoever you are wherever you're serving we need to take the light of Jesus everywhere to everyone because our world needs his message of hope and love amen you can do this we can be great ambassadors for Christ this week let me pray for you Father, as we leave this place today, we are entering into a world that is lost, struggling, hopeless, pressed down, shaken. Lord, they need the message that we carry within us. Help us, Lord, to seize the opportunities that you put in front of us. Whether it's a co-worker, whether it's somebody standing in a copy room, whether it's in the boardroom, or whether it's in the grocery store line. Lord, help us to seize those opportunities. And Lord, give us the boldness that we need um, to be ambassadors for Christ. Lord, your word says in Acts 1:9 that you would make us witnesses when the Holy Spirit Came into our lives. And so, Lord, I pray that we would not shut the door on the Holy Spirit, but we would engage with Him every morning, inviting Him to influence us and direct our steps, to light our path. And then, Lord, we would take the act of courage to act on what the Holy Spirit prompts us to do. Lord, help us to see our work as a mission field. Help us to see our lives, Lord, as full-time ministry. And Lord, I just pray that at Grace Covenant, the stories will abound as to how um, our reflection of Christ has impacted the places where we place our feet. And I just pray these things in Jesus' name, amen.